And I actually work with a lot of people who think exactly that. Sometimes you think you're too late or, and a lot of people who are having regrets, oh my God, why didn't I start earlier? Why didn't I learn this earlier? And I always say there's a reason why you have not done that before. So there's a reason that you have been on a path and, and that journey that you have been following is probably just the right journey to lead you to that next opportunity. Hello there, listeners. Welcome into the Free Retiree Show. Congratulations on making a wonderful life decision today and tuning into our show. We really appreciate it. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my pal, interview coach, Silicon Valley extraordinaire, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? How you doing? For today's episode, we're going to be discussing how you increase brand visibility so you get more opportunities in the workplace. We'll also be discussing the four blockers that people have that hold them back from advancing in their career. This discussion is be how to overcome your success blockers. And in this conversation, we have a wonderful expert with us today. We have Anna Bailan. Hopefully, I didn't butcher that too much. She is the creator of Level Up right. Coaching. We'll let Anna tell us. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think I did close. We'll see what Anna has to say. She's the creator of Level Up Coaching Program, which helps individuals get clarity around their ideal career, get noticed, find their unique value proposition, and land their next great job opportunity. She's coached over 100 plus people from Fortune 500 companies. Her career advice has been fortunate in Business Insider, Thrive Global, Brains Magazine. She's had HR experience in Fortune 500 companies. And she is a former VP of Learning and Development. And currently, she is in diversity, equity, inclusiveness. So Anna is going to be a great expert having a discussion about overcoming our blocker surge. I know this one resonates with you. I know a long time ago when you were this kind of loser employee at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you needed to uh, reinvent yourself and you felt like, how am I going to make it in the tech world? But what's your thoughts on getting reinventing and overcoming your blockers? What's your experience in that space? Yeah, I think it's uh, a lot of us have imposter syndrome. and We don't realize how much we can really do. I think uh, not in a million years, I'd ever thought I'd work at companies, the companies that I've worked at from Google to now LinkedIn. And I think like just by believing in yourself, I think that's where a lot of that comes from is you just like, 
have that grit and focus, but uh, we'd love to hear more from Anna uh, when she jumps on. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe to our show, share us. We really appreciate all the love and support we're getting. And we're going to get a quick break, but when we're back, we're going to be sitting down with Anna Bayon. Stay tuned. Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. So I've been informed. I did butcher that name. It is Anna Bilion. Anna, Perfect. happy to have you this morning. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. We've seen your stuff online. You're making uh, great traction in the world of social media, and people love your content. And you just have really great things to say. But give us a little bit about your background and what you currently do. Well, yeah, thank you for the warm introduction and really happy to be here with you today. So a little bit about me. I am a career strategist and coach. So I help people reinvent themselves, just like Syracuse said that he did. And I also work as a diversity, equity and inclusiveness lead at EY Germany. So this is also one of my big passions, really helping people with uh, with a non-traditional background, have access to career opportunities they thought not possible. Are you based in Germany, Anna? Yeah, I'm based in Munich in Germany, yeah. Nice, very cool. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like in the dynamic in the world we're living in now, a lot of people seem to be trying to reinvent themselves with all the time that we have, right? Like, are you starting to see more clients, more interests, like in terms of people just trying to rethink what their, what they, their ultimate goals are, what they're trying to do? Yeah, and I so a lot of people say it has to do with the great resignation, but I've seen this trend also before. So I think it's just the nature of us humans. I think we are meant to evolve, and sometimes we reach a certain point where we see that we are ready for something different. For Sometimes it's more, and sometimes it's just different. And so I really think it has more to do with how we are built and wired and not really with, with, the, with the trends that are um, present in the world right now. So what's the strategy in terms of reinventing oneself? I think right now there is a lot of people where we're at that are changing jobs, but not just changing jobs, just changing industries. And a lot of these people are, they want to feel that they can adapt and change. But you know, after 10 to 20 years of being in a certain industry, they feel like it's impossible. What advice would you have for these people that are looking for that change and how to go about it? Well, that's a great question. And I actually work with a lot of people who think exactly that. Sometimes you think you're too late or and a lot of people who are having regrets. Oh my God, why didn't I start earlier? Why didn't I learn this earlier? And I always say there's a reason why you have not done that before. So there's a reason that you have been on a path and and that journey that you have been following is probably just the right journey to lead you to that next opportunity. And so when I work with people, you mentioned this also in the intro, is I've identified that they are actually four blockers that are mostly um, holding people back 
from achieving those goals and how that plays out in a strategy, because you, you said, what is the strategy? So that could be a really long conversation. But to make it really short is how I go about that is that the career change strategy has three levels. And so the first level, I call it the real you. And that means you getting clear on who you really are. So what are your strengths and talents if your blocker wasn't holding you back? And so now that's really challenging for a lot of people because sometimes we think that we know what we want and what we are really good at. But we don't because there's that blocker that tells us you are not enough or actually you are not as good at that as you think you are. So I'll give you an example. There, is, uh, there are a lot of people who think they have that hard worker blocker. So they think they need to work too hard to be successful. And this is also what I have thought for the most of my life. And so when you have that blocker that you have to work too hard, you ignore some of your strengths and talents because they come like play to you. And so you're like, oh, no, this is not my real strength because this just feels like play. For example, chatting with people, doing interviews, whatever. So that's actually a skill that maybe you may have, but you are just downplaying it and you're saying, well, that's not anything special because I don't need to work hard for this. And then the, the second level is the social you. So once you get clear on the real you, what your real, real strengths are, you have to get clear on the social you. And that's how other people perceive you. And that perception of other people can be very different from how you perceive yourself. Actually, there's some research that tells us that 50% of the people have the wrong impression of how others see them. So basically, I think that maybe people think I'm outgoing, whereas they may think that I am shy. Mm -hmm. And so, so th that second level is really finding ways uh, to find out how do other people see me? How do I come across? How do I show up? And then really also implementing a strategy where you say, okay, how can I help those people see me in the light in which I want to be seen. And then the third step is really the aligned you. And this is where who you really are matches how others see you. And it also matches your self-reflection. And I think it's really difficult to get to, to that aligned you. I think it's a lifelong journey, mm. but you can get pretty close. And when you really get close to that, this is where that reinvention really happens and where the career change becomes possible because you are just you're just building that momentum and this is where okay i am clear who i am and i also help others see me the way i am that second one really resonated with me around what what i was thinking about was self awareness and it, it sounds like you you understand who you are but you're not able to project that or you don't know how other people see you i think that's really interesting and not something i've really thought of until later on in my career. If I could go back 10 years and be like, this is how people are seeing me versus how I think I see myself. I think that's huge. Like, how does that normally play out like in your strategy sessions with people? Like, how do you get them to understand how important that is? Well, let's say how important it is. I think it really starts with identifying that blocker that I mentioned earlier. So I have them do a test where they can see, okay, what is that blocker that is holding you back? And then based on that, we tap into situations at work where they can 
see how that blocker was playing out for them. So for example, if I go back to the hard worker blocker and I'm going back to that because that's my own one. So I've really experienced it. And I've also helped a lot of people overcome it or at least diminish its presence in, in the interactions you have with others. It can play out that you miss the opportunity to build the network you need to be successful because when you are when you work too hard, then connecting with other people may feel like a waste of time because you always think that your time is better used elsewhere. And if you are not really actively working on something and doing something, then you may think that talking to other people, again, feels like play or is not really the thing that you need to be doing. So you don't consider it really work because it's not that hard as doing something else. And so a lot of people, for example, notice that by doing that, they are perceived by others as not being interested in them. So, for example, if you're always buried in your work and you're always at your computer and you don't talk to your colleagues at work, not because you don't like them, but because you are so immersed in your work and you want to deliver the best outcome possible, the best possible outcome, then your colleagues may think or your managers may think, oh, but Anna, she doesn't want to talk to me or she's not interested in what I want to say. And that really happened to me when I was managing projects that people thought I was not interested enough in them. And me again, I thought they must see how busy I am. They must see that I'm working so hard that I am working 12 hours a day and that I'm getting all this done. So they will understand if I don't take those 30 minutes to have a chat with them. But people don't see that because they don't see the internal struggle that we have. They just see our presence or how we look on the outside. And this is something that is really hidden from us. And usually the only way to really find out is to ask. And you can ask by using certain assessments. So they are, for example, assessments like the social style by TRACOM, or you can really ask for feedback from people that you trust and from who are going to be sincere when they tell you how they perceive you and how they feel you show up. So the first blocker, that's basically self-exploration, right? Feeling out what your own personal blockers are that are holding you back. And the second one is how people perceive you. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. And the blocker is always present. So the blocker is present also in the first step of, of discovering your real strengths because it's just putting a shadow on your strengths. So for example, if, if you, uh, for example, one of the other blockers is I think I'll fail. So it's the inner protector blocker. It's trying to protect you from going after things because you are scared that if you go after a new career opportunities, opportunity, eventually you'll fail. And so that inner blocker, how it can play out is first that you don't that you don't start at all or that you doubt your strengths and talents. And so again, you downplay them and you say, oh, I'm not as good or this is not really my strength because I could fail. And then in the second, in the second phase, the social you, it again play out, plays out in how you interact with, with other people. It also can play out in how you communicate with them. So maybe you're not as decisive as you could be. So instead of saying, let's change the color of product ABC, you can say, oh, I think we should take, we should change the color or maybe we should change the color. So you are, you are not making bold statements because you don't want to be wrong. And you don't want to be rejected by others. And so everything you mm -hmm. do or say is diminished a bit by your blocker.
But on the second blocker, that has a lot to do with how other people see you. So just for instance, we, Serge, we have that attorney that's our co-host. Nobody likes him. He's an attorney. He's kind of annoying. He's our, we love the guy, but you know, he's, he, we, we feel like he needs to do this questionnaire, but, or figure out how other people look at it. But like, how do you go about that? If you are trying to figure out that second block, a lot of us aren't aware or self-aware of how, and then also like seeing how other people see us is very difficult. So how do we go about that? Are we supposed to have conversations with the people we work with? How do we dig deeper into that second blocker? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. So how do you find how uh, find out how other people see you, how they perceive you? And so th- there are a couple of ways. I mean, the first thing is really the results that you are uh, seeing in your life. How does that play out? And how does that reflect in your relationships? And if you are not getting the feedback from people that you would like to get, it's probably, there is probably something that's off. And so the second step is really, you know, like I said, you could go and ask. And I think that's the easiest way. And you can do that with people that you know well, or with people you trust, because a lot of people are really going to be open about that. And if you say, hey, you know what, I'm really working on my executive presence, I'm really working on my leadership skills and whatever. Could you please give me a small feedback about how I showed up while presenting the presentation ABC or during the last project that we worked on together. So how did you perceive, I don't know, my me being friendly with you or me being open to share ideas or whatever it is that you want to find out? And then there are also more scientific ways where you can do that. So there are a lot of 360 assessments by provided by different research firms. So one of uh, those that I use is called the social style. And so basically it tells you, it shows you how you think you show up and how other people also think that you show up. And sometimes it's really interesting because sometimes it does match how other people see you. Sometimes it does not. And so Tracom also says that around 50% of people are wrong about how they think they are perceived by others. So maybe they think that they are perceived as someone who is outgoing, while the other person may perceive them as someone who is rather laid back or maybe a, a bit more introverted. Yeah, I see this play out a lot in Silicon Valley, where if you don't control your story and your narrative, other people will for you. They'll start, this is how I perceive Sergio, and then that'll kind of go around. So I think it's the other part of this in my mind is like that self promotion a little bit so that you're also proactively getting feedback, proactively kind of sharing and promoting everything you're doing. Uh, Because what happens in Silicon Valley is if you don't, then you kind of just get, you're just by the wayside. Like if that makes sense, like a a part of, I think what, what you're saying is like, you have to kind of control your story as well. Yeah, yeah, because you you are the only one who can influence the story that other people have with you, just because you spend 24 hours a day with yourself and others don't. And so, and then you also have this deep inner world. So you have all these thoughts, like this big world that nobody sees but you but often we assume that other people know the inner struggles that we have or maybe also the work that we are doing just because we are putting so much energy into it and especially if you're working remotely people don't so they just they forget about you if you are not there to remind them what you do what you work on and what those accomplishments are because they are surrounded by so many people just like you Anna, can you go into that three-level framework that you've created that helps us overcome these blockers? 
Yeah. So, I mean, that really is, so the first level really is about getting clear on the real you. And you do that by by tapping into your strengths and talents. So there are a lot of exercises that you can do. But I think what I, what I found is really powerful for people is not to think only about your strengths and talents when you want to apply them to your work, but really to think about the life that you want to be living. And when you tap into that, so how does my ideal life look like without my career? Then you discover some things about yourself, what is really important to you, and also the talents that are behind that. And I can tell you that when coaching clients come to me, they usually have a goal there. Like, I want to work for Bain. So that's really a, a common one with my clients. I want to work, I, I want to be a consultant at Bain, or I don't know, I want to work in tech, whatever. I want to, to, to work at LinkedIn. And in, I would say in 90% of the cases, when we do that life exercise, people's initial goal change because that goal changes just because they really get in touch what they really want and how they really want their life to look like. And sometimes it's very different from what they think it should look like because they saw it on social media and because everybody is doing it and because everybody told us that that means to be successful. And so I think really like a big part of that first step is really getting clear, not only uh, on what you are good at, but really how you want your life to look like and what are your values. And sometimes people's values are their family and still you can connect those values to your work, but your work, maybe you, your work ideals are going to be somewhat different. So I have people who then say, oh, but I actually, I want you to, to work at Bain. But actually, what I really want to do, you know, is like I want to become a public speaker. So I, I, I want to work in big companies, but I also want to present at conferences and I want to be known for my thought leadership. And so there are a lot of things that come out of those conversations when, once people really get in touch with what they really want their life to look like. And uh, you made a, a post, I'm looking at your LinkedIn about... Um something I thought was really interesting. It says, uh, you don't need a fancy new certification to make a career change. And I think I hear from a lot of people when they're thinking, oh, how do I break into a tech? What are all the certifications I need, books I need to read? And I'm just like, your post, it's all about people and relationships and connecting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, I think a lot of people believe that they need all these fancy degrees and like MBAs and everything where I'm not of that camp. I think it's more about networking, but would love just to hear more about that. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. And I wrote that post because I see a lot of people doing exactly that. And what I found is based on my own experience, but also based on the experience that my clients have is that doing all those certifications is just a really great procrastination tool. So it mm, just buys you because, because you don't need to do what you really need to do. And so you are comfortable with yourself. So you feel good about yourself because you invested that money. Oh, I'm doing something, you know, for myself. And then you're also spending all that time on doing it. So again, I'm really, I'm working hard on my career change. And then you realize 
either you don't need that or you finalize that certification that then there's another one that you need to do and it actually never ends and so what i said in that post is the best strategy is really to talk to people like you said and if you want to do it in an even better way then talk to people who have your background and talk to people who not only have your background but who work at companies who value innovation over status quo because what that means is that those companies are going to be open to to hire people who don't have the perfect work experience because they want to change something and you can't change something if you always hire the same people and if you hire the people who have the same experience and so i think it really is about building the relationships and i don't want to say that certifications are meaningless sometimes they are really helpful but when you find those people and when they tell you hey i was in your shoes i studied where you study or i have your you know ethnic background or i have exactly your same work experience and now i'm doing this job then those people are going to tell you what exactly to do and if you need to do a certification which certification you need to do but what i always suggest people do a certification or enroll in a learning course when that course helps you do your work so when you can immediately apply it on something that you are actively doing but learning something for the future first it's not going to stick and probably it's not going to be that helpful because the truth is when people are hiring you they are not going to look at what you know but how you apply what you know so they are going to ask what you did with that certification and often you can do more things without that certification than with it by talking to other people because they are going to show you the way what you really need to do and how to create that experience and uh, what about people going back to school so a common thing that you know we see is when people are stuck or they want to get to the next level they say well i'm going to go back to school in your opinion how often does that actually work uh, and get people to that next level and do you think it should be the first solution when you want to get to the next level in someone's career yeah well i i think it really depends what i see is that most people now really think about courses and certifications more than going back to school just because i think ba- going back to school is harder to do it also depends on the change that you want to make because sometimes the right degree is like the only way to get the job that you that you want so you cannot become a doctor without going to school by doing a certification and so there are some fields where if you really want to do that yes you de- you do need to go back to school but i would say 90% of the cases that's something that you don't need to do but there are really other ways to to gather experience especially because you already have some work experience and a lot of people think that experience is useless if they change career but it's careers but it's not because that experience is actually your asset because you have an experience that most people doing the job you want to don't have and so you can bring mm-hmm. all of that and make that job even more exciting and produce results that other people can't just because they do not have that perspective that you bring. Serge, I know you've been at Facebook, Amazon, LinkedIn. Like have you seen what have you seen when people go back to school? Like what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I I see it when some people try to get their MBA, or maybe they're trying to level up. Maybe sometimes it ties to like pay jumps. Maybe you have you go get your MBA, maybe get paid a little bit more, but ultimately I think it's that procrastination. Maybe they don't know what they want to do or maybe they're worried about where they're at in their career. So I think schools I, I'm not saying schools bad. 
but I do think it's like delaying. I don't know if it's always the answer and I don't know if people always know why they're going back. That's like been my experience. I think there's like probably deeper things they need to investigate and like explore based off what Anna's been saying is understanding who they are to figure out why they think school is the first thing that they they should do when they want to pivot. It might not always be right for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting what you're saying. I have a good friend and he, I don't know, he did so many things to get a scholarship for a famous MBA. So that was really like his major life goal. And it took him a couple of years of doing project work for NGOs and doing a lot of like really great, like social impact things to get that scholarship that he needed and wanted to do his MBA. And then he finally got it. And so he finalized, he completed the MBA. And so I asked him, And so was it worth it? Because you put so much time and effort into this. So was it worth it for you? And he said, you know what? Everything I learned, I already knew it, or I could have learned it online for free. So the only real benefit I got from this MBA is the network that I created. And so if you think about that, you can create your network even without that MBA. And I'm also not saying sometimes it's beneficial and I really value people who do have a high education and, and who know a lot of things. And I know it can really be beneficial, but if the only value added for you is to get access to a certain type of people, then they are better and other ways to do that without investing all that money in, in an expensive degree. Absolutely. Now, Anna, how can people reach out to you and work with you? I mean, obviously, you're so insightful, and I love what you've done with the blockers. I mean, it's really great stuff. How can people learn more about it? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. So, Anna Billion, A-N-A-B-I-L-E-I-N, because I know it can be difficult. And also, <laughs> my, my, my website is workmazing.com. So, it's the website for people who want to do amazing uh, things in the world. So that's why it's called Work Amazing, and you can find me there. And I, and I got to ask, how do you pronounce your real name? My real name is Snezhana. Snezhana. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And you have an Italian name, so my husband is Italian, so I know a lot of Sergio's. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, it's great to meet you. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Thanks to you. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member of FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. 
third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.